Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, it's our last Jedi spoiler cast as we break down all the good and not so good from the latest installment to the Star Wars saga. Plus last minute holiday cooking tips a preview of week 16 in the NFL, and so much more. This podcast may not go the way you think as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of this special edition of the PCC Multiverse as it is our Spoiler cast for The Last Jedi, the latest installment to the Star Wars saga. And I'll tell you what, we are so, so excited. And we have opinions all over the spectrum. Got Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett. They're standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. Also as well, we've got Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. He's going to give some quick holiday cooking tips that you might need in case it's last minute and you're not sure what to do. He's got some thoughts on what you might want to consider doing for your holiday feast this Christmas. And also as well, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. He's stopping by with a quick preview of Week 16 in the NFL. But he's also going to share his spoilerish thoughts on The Last Jedi as well. Josh Peterson is here. What's going on, my friend? Hey, man. Not much, dude. I'm still... Uh doing the whole Star Wars debate. And I love that people are discussing it, you know, because for, for a while now we've had this thing where everyone agrees that Star Wars is a cinematic masterpiece. According to modern cinematic culture, it's a, it's a huge thing for us, but nobody, nobody's really, really said why or how, but now we're finally seeing these debates unfold and we're getting to the bottom of all of it. But it's just, it's crazy that people are, are jumping down each other's throats over it when, you know, it's, we're allowed to have opinions. Uh, it's just a, uh, one of those things. And I won't get into what uh, the particulars from the sense of what people are saying, uh, you know, nasty things people are saying to you in regards to that, because I've actually seen firsthand what they're saying. Really just disappointing that people can't have constructive criticism, both for and against your opinions on the film as well. But I'll tell you what, before we go into it, want to make sure, again, this is a Star Wars The Last Jedi spoiler cast. If you don't want to know what's going on in The Last Jedi, you hadn't had a chance to check it out yet, and you don't want anything to be ruined for you, 
catch the movie as soon as you can, as soon as you're able to, and then check out this podcast because it's going to have great thoughts all over the spectrum, both for and against as far as the movie is concerned. So you had your warning. Spoilerific. Spoiler, spoilers. So, Josh, I want to give the floor to you because I actually, on our previous show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, I gave some non-spoilers thoughts on what I thought The Last Jedi if it was good or not so good. So I'll, I'll elaborate more on that in a little bit. But Josh, I, you have the floor, my friend. Go crazy. What are your thoughts on Star Wars The Last Jedi? All right, so first of all, there are several moments in the movie where the, the Star Wars lore sort of caves in on itself. You know, uh, an example of this is Force Ghosts could never, they could never interact with the actual world. Or... It, they never said that they couldn't, but it's never been a thing before. So it was kind of weird seeing Yoda be able to summon a bolt of lightning in a ghost form. Maybe it was a rule that they never made or is something they just made up for this movie, but it, it was a weird uh, step for the lore. I don't know if it's in the right direction or what. And then ramming a ship into another ship at light speed. I appreciated the part and like the, as far as what's her name, uh, Holdor's character is concerned. Vice Admiral Holdo played by Laura Dern. As far as her character was concerned, it was, you know, as a noble noble part with the, her sacrificing herself so the rebels could get away. You know, it's kind of weird that the only thing saving the rebels was that their ship was only like a little tiny bit faster than the, anything the First Order had, but they had those big ships with the big powerful cannons and they couldn't catch up with the rebels. I will say this, ridiculous moment or not, in your opinion, or the fact that it wasn't used before and it could have been as a tactic before in a previous Star Wars. I will say this, the moment when it does happen, it's it creates, cool. It's very cool. And all of a sudden you see the flash of light and the explosion and you heard several people gasp and a couple people I heard actually said, whoa. And at very, very few times at the movies today, when you think people have seen everything, do you actually get that kind of out loud astonishment from a scene in any movie much less star wars it was unexpected and at, at that point like she had to do something like that other than they built her character up and it would have been kind of uh disappointing for her character if she just died from laser fire so i, I like where they went with that part the whole thing was snoke like they built him up to be this uh this big villain and it, it's it's fine that that was a that was a curveball and Rian johnson just threw a bunch of curveballs in this. And this is one I didn't mind so much, but it has some weird uh, logic. Like if he is, if he's all powerful, why couldn't he sense what Kylo Ren was doing or at least hear the lightsaber kind of rattling on the chair? And I know that's a little tiny, uh, you know, nitpicking type thing, but it's, it, it just seems like it was, there's logical things that they didn't want to address in some of these parts. Well, I just feel like it's incomplete because I know some people didn't mind the fact that he was bumped off already in the Star Wars structure, but I wanted to see a background on Snoke. How did he come to be in power? How did he go ahead and start influencing Ben Solo? I mean, we just, it's all off screen that we're supposed to assume all this stuff. And I'm not going to go take the time to read all the, the novels that you have planned for it, or even if there's any other side video stuff or through attack of the clones or or however you want to go ahead and try and flesh out the story anymore i'm not going to be able to take the time to do that i wanted it actually on the screen 
watching one of the episodes and seeing Snoke's character develop. And unfortunately, that was to me a little bit disappointing because I didn't get to see exactly how he became such a big shot when it came to the Force. Although it appears after what happened and his death at the hands of Kylo Ren that he wasn't the baddest boy on the block after all. They had made him a very uh, mysterious character, and I kind of liked that that aspect. Even if he wasn't going to be, I had I knew that the final confrontation was probably going to be between Kylo Ren and uh, and Ray. It would eventually get to that point, but I still would have liked to see uh, Snoke fleshed out a little more. And this is the this is like where the divide with like these millennial bloggers is coming in. Is they're like, so what? You don't get to see Snoke? Who cares? It's just Rian Johnson's a a masterpiece, or he's a he's a genius. And you know, as someone who likes stories, who likes uh, intricate stories, I like to know where these characters are coming from, what they're doing. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of spur of the moment things, but that might just be me. Well, I'll tell you like this. How many episodes are there? We're going on number eight right now, right? And you devote at least two hours to each and every film. So that's 16 hours plus, let's say 17 with all the co- and more combined with all that. You couldn't find any more time within the structure of that 17 hours to build up Snoke's character even more or flesh out his character even more than what you did. The Force Awakens, if you had big plans for this character, I think The Force Awakens should have done more to develop his character or maybe provide some backstory within this framework of The Force Awakens. It it felt like it had a lot of acts to me, like too many acts instead of three, maybe like five or six. So it was just just a very weird movie for me. My, My last two complaints here are Admiral Ackbar got a very poor death. We discussed this last night. If anything, I think that it should have been Admiral Akbar who drove the uh, spaceship into the First Order to go out if they really needed to get rid of him. And then uh, my last thing here is that overall, like it had less feel of a Star Wars movie. And I'm not saying that from the ask, from the point like, oh, this wasn't a Star Wars movie. It very much was a Star Wars movie. But I'm talking about the tone of the movie was less Star Wars and more Marvel. It had a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok moments, and I think that those were just things we didn't need. If you want to share your thoughts on The Last Jedi, let us know. Share it with us, please. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'll share it on the air. We'd be more than happy to. It's not a problem. We're always glad to do so, and we do appreciate you listening and checking us out. Well, we've got a great show, like I said. We've got... Rob McCallum, and also Jay Bartlett from Star Wars Echo 3. Together, they make up the great documentary, Nintendo Quest. They're standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire with their own spoilerish opinions on The Last Jedi. Then we've got Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. He's going to share some holiday cooking tips for those in need for a great meal this Christmas. And also as well, on the back end, you've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. He's going to give a quick preview of Week 16 in the NFL and share his thoughts because he's seen the movie The Last Jedi, and he wants to go ahead and share his thoughts as well. Then Josh and I will be back at the back end to share some final thoughts on The Last Jedi and where we think the series is going from here. This is the PCC Multiverse. <laughs> Seven years of keeping it really geeky. The Earth Station One podcast.
It's time to let your inner geek out to play. You can find them at www.earthstation1.com or up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we're done. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being here today and listening in on, well, our continued coverage, a spoiler cast, The Last Jedi. And I do want to reiterate, if you didn't hear after the break, Josh and I talking earlier with our thoughts on The Last Jedi, all spoilerish and all, remember, the continued conversation between myself and my guests here now and also as well coming up later on in our fantasy football segment where Tyler is also going to be sharing his thoughts as well all spoilers so if you haven't watched the last jedi maybe you want to continue to turn this off and and check back in after you watch the last jedi but we are definitely indeed talking the latest star wars hit the last jedi which is now out in theaters we're going to go full spoilers and who better to talk about The Last Jedi than two of my good friends. They are the stars of Nintendo Quest, which you can get today. Just check out robmccallumfilms.com. Go right there, order it up. And then while you're at it, as a double shot, you can go ahead and get the Nintendo Quest Power Tour, which you know has them in several different episodes. They are available, like I said, at robmccallumfilms.com. It's a great great documentary on Jay's quest to try and collect all the cartridges within a 30-day span of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Does he do it? Or doesn't he? You gotta watch and find out. So I've got them here today. It's Jay Bartlett and of course our weekly weekly man in the know right here at the Cosmic Crossfire, director Rob McCallum. Hey dude, thanks for having me again. It's been, I don't know how long has it been, about a year since last time I was on? I think it was a Rogue One episode yeah. last time yeah that's right uh, it was actually both you both you guys and glenn stanway uh part of the gamer cast crew was here in full and that was a, that was an awesome talk but this is going to be just as great as well i know you guys got a chance to check out star wars the last jedi i know i did as well and i shared some of my thoughts earlier but i can also interject with you guys on it but i'm really here to hear your thoughts on some great things going back and forth on your opinions on the Last Jedi movie, and where the series can go from here. So I'll start with you, Rob, since always your uh, great input and in far as pop culture and, and uh, your great insight as a director, your overall thoughts on The Last Jedi. This is the worst movie ever made, the equivalent of a Marvel action superhero film. It doesn't even respect the comic book it comes from. It's 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 horrible. Don't doesn't Ryan Johnson ever watch a Star Wars film? Like, why is he trying to change my childhood? I, <laughs> I don't I don't like anything that he that he has written or anything he pointed his cameras at in this. It's it's just not good because he's not a good person. Are you quoting the internet? I think you're quoting the internet. That's all I've heard recently. Are you and you signed a petition, correct? I uh, am the petition starter to make sure that Episode Eight is no longer canon. <laughs> um, I, I hope it gets Hang on. That, relegated to legend status. Uh, that yeah. is a whole segment onto itself. 
I, I would love to just jump into that right now because I started reading that crap today. But let's stay to what we what we think about the film for now, and then we'll get into that stuff. All I, right, it's, it's no longer just a film; it is a purpose uh, to eliminate it from society and to uh, have it destroy everything, as if that's what it's doing already. So we must destroy the film. You know, I don't think it's that far-fetched with Rob. I think his opinions sway just a little bit differently, but we'll have to check in with him in a second again on that. But, Jay, I know you Ryan watched Ryan Johnson it. is responsible for the downfall of society. Oh, he, my gosh. He doesn't understand laser swords and why they were fun. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't replaced like the other directors. The Star Wars franchise is in terrible, terrible shape. Uh, it just seems like popcorn is more important than story. And why can't everybody let me smile like I did when I was a four-year-old child? Well, Jay, uh, you heard that from Rob. Uh, Jay, you know what? Uh, you, like I said, are one of the biggest Star Wars fans I know. I know you got a chance to see it on Thursday. And I think you also caught it for a second time this past weekend. So what are your thoughts on The Last Jedi? I loved it. That's not to say it didn't have its hiccups here and there, but every single one of the films has. So you just got to kind of go in there and expect that. It was a far deeper Star Wars movie than than I recall seeing. There wasn't as much action as there usually is. And I was totally okay with that. There's a lot of dialogue in it. And I'm really surprised that they kind of tied up most of the loose ends in this one. So it kind of makes me curious where they're going to go with the third one. But just, you know, quickly, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I do not understand why people are going so ballistic. I understand, you know, that it's different and it's hard for people to, you know, take something that they loved from their childhood and kind of take it in another direction. But I love where it's going. I love Luke's progression as a character. I'm, I'm totally satisfied with how his story ends. It's not just hiccups. Between all the movies, this one was a downright belch of stomach upset vomiting. There was no just slight indigestion. There was more of gravy than of grave about this. Well, that's actually uh, a lot of what Josh thinks as well. Uh, my own personal <laughs> thoughts was that I thought the movie was okay. The first third was okay. The second third was really lackluster, boring, and a lot of it was unneeded filler. The third closed out very strong. In fact, one of the strongest endings for the Star Wars series, in my opinion, which actually saved the film from being an utter disaster. So uh, overall, I, like I said, if, it's very uneven uh, and all over the place, but uh, came out okay. Utter disaster. Asteroids hitting for the planet Earth. Thank goodness this movie was good and saved our civilization. They pulled it. Well, thanks. Thank, thank goodness the ending was good. Thank yeah. goodness the last well, third. Those last forty minutes would have brought upon the downfall of society. This little space war movie, if it didn't do something good, oh no, the walls would rain with blood. So here's the thing: you have the biggest franchise in film history. Okay, James Bond. You're you're not going to ever live up to everyone's expectations and i'm not one to get into internet fights but today especially has really really angered me with everyone's ridiculous comments they're just insulting to human intelligence make a petition to make the movie not canon this is a multi-billion dollar franchise 
okay, internet dwellers, basement dwellers, keyboard heroes, whatever you want to call yourselves. This isn't something that, oh, okay, you know, a couple people don't like the way that uh, Luke's character unfolded, so let's undo the canon. That's absolutely ridiculous to the point of being insulting. There, there's a lot of vitriol for it. I will give you that. It is a film filled with lots of people that are integral to the previous editions of the Star Wars franchise and also canon and things of that nature that actually uh, bit the dust in this particular film. Rob, there are several to mention, uh, among them Snoke, Luke Skywalker. For a little bit, it was actually Princess Leia as well. So I ask you, Rob, is there too much death in The Last Jedi? Too much compared to what? I mean, what is your barometer for enough well, or not there enough? There was just so many major key characters that... Have you seen any film that Tarantino's done or any World War II film? It's just loaded with death. The film is called Star Wars. People are bound to die. Are you just trying to compare it to other entries? And No, I'm just trying to compare it to trying to continue the series forward. And you have a lot of characters that have provided continuity within the series. And a lot of those characters that have provided continuity in the series are no longer going to be able to do so. So I ask you, was it a little bit but too I mean, much? No, I, I don't think so at all, because Force Awakens Episode 7 introduced a ton of new characters, even if only half of them are still around, and you get rid of most of the old guard, you still have tons of characters left to tell a story with. I mean... Uh, how many characters were we really bouncing back and forth between in, in the original trilogy? There, there wasn't a lot. There was maybe, what, seven, eight at the most between everybody that actually had lines and advanced the plot. I think there's a ton of characters left. And, uh, well, maybe, when, some other, maybe I should say some of the choices on the characters, the who lived and who died. First off, killing off uh, Luke's character and also as well Snoke's character were two key components that people are, are arguing about online that maybe those two could have been an integral part of an episode nine and a true closure think, of the series. I think they're going to be an integral part of episode nine. I mean, it doesn't take you know a super fan to suggest that Luke might come back as you know a force entity that we saw like as Yoda, even in this film, or Obi-Wan Kenobi in the other films. His training isn't done, just his training and his you know his tutoring. In the living form is probably done, but he will definitely appear in episode nine. I'd be surprised if he didn't in order to continue to help Rey, like, you know, become the Jedi that she should be, whatever that means, not necessarily a super soldier, you know, to take down an entire army. Because I think one of the things we learned in this film is a Jedi's purpose isn't to be Iron Man. It's to be something else, to be one and connected with things around you. And this was a nice little reminder of that. So I think Luke will be back to help teach Ray what she needs to, to learn to become who she is and find her place, which not might not be at the top. And if you look at The Last Jedi, even in the title itself, it's not about being on the top and in the forefront necessarily. It's just about being a part of something bigger and knowing your role within that. As far as Snoke, I think that his death is going to reverberate as well in a different way. I think it's going to anger Kylo Ren that this person is gone, whether a new villainous force or antagonist emerges or not, it, it remains to be seen. But he's got enough on his plate in terms of what story options might unfold for Episode Nine, with him sort of in command as the quote-unquote supreme leader, the, the childlike king, if you will, kind of ruling over what pieces of the 
our model are left. And there's tons, right? Because they're in full control of the galaxy from what we understood. And uh, even though there was a, maybe a small defeat or a delayed victory on that last planet, it's not like he's going to give up when he's that close. Well, I also think that General Hux is the one actually that will be the primary antagonist to Kylo Ren is, is has done with Snoke. But Jay, uh, uh, your thoughts on Luke's death and also the fact that Supreme Leader Snoke has uh, perished, leaving many to question why we invested any time in him at all because we didn't really get to see exactly the the origins of his character and how he really started to affect Ben Solo to do the things he did. I don't know if you really needed to see that. I always wondered the last two years who he was. Was he around before Palpatine, blah, blah, blah. But that's just us as fans building him up to be like Palpatine. You really think about it. Does it, does it really matter at this point? Does it really matter who he is? He was some dark force user who manipulated Ren into, you know, destroying the temple and taking him under his wing, killing his father trying to get him to kill Leia. It's, I mean, it re it's really a parallel to Rey's history, right? Who is she? Where did she come from? According to, you know, Kylo Ren with what he saw, she comes from nowhere special. Is that any different than Snoke? But yet it works so perfectly for who she is. Why can't it work uh, just as cleanly for him? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters. Uh, you knew Snoke was a bad, a really bad dude. And Kylo Ren, you know, at the end, you know, he took Snoke's abuse for God knows how long, and in the end, he bested him with his wits and killed him, and he became the master. They're not Sith, but it's the same idea. Um, Luke Skywalker is by far my favorite character in the history of any kind of pop culture, anything. And to see him become one with the Force, I, I you know, I had a couple tears in my eyes, but it wasn't like it wasn't horrific because if you know Star Wars, he's not gone. Like Obi-Wan said, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. He says to Ren, you strike me down, I'll always be with you. He's not gone. Luke's physical form is gone, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a huge part in Episode Nine. Actually, I'm a huge fan of what they did with Luke Skywalker in terms of his character and where he was at, because he's very much that farm boy that we were first introduced at, uh, in, in Episode 4, where he sees these limitations in front of him. He doesn't believe that he can overcome them. It's all about, you know, what he can't do and what nobody can do for him. And it's all these walls. And he, he gets put back into that place where it's all these limitations that prevent him from doing anything. Instead of taking that leap of faith and instead of trying to believe in the force, he shuts himself out from that. And at this point, because he's an adult, he he can do more of that, and and it's a little bit more on him as a person to create those own walls for himself. So he basically has to get out of that rut again and learn to believe in everything that you know he had learned. He must unlearn what he had learned to relearn it. So it's actually a really good full circle moment for that character to come back to. It's also really funny that in the, the last few days, with the hate that the film is getting, especially with what happened to Luke that his character almost went through what we're going through, whereas, you know, 30 years have passed, what happened to him? You know, we all expect Luke to be this ultimate being in the universe where, you know, if you face those walkers, you expected him to, like, snap his fingers and they would all crumble in front of him. Everyone expected to see that. You didn't see that from Luke. You saw a guy who was still vulnerable, who was still embarrassed at his failure, embarrassed at his slight temptation to the dark side. And a guy who's just, he, he's done with it. You know, he spent 
30 years after Jedi, gathering all the relics across the galaxy to find out exactly everything about the Jedi, tried to start a temple with, you know, 12 students and failed. And I don't think the viewers wanted to see that. They wanted to see Luke in his Jedi robes, you know, floating and almost like a god. And they didn't get that. Where I have problems with that is where people think that Ryan Johnson owes them something. Just like they thought J.J., just like they thought George did. It's like, this is not your series, guys. You know, if you don't like it anymore, then just stop watching it. That's, that's all there is to it. But to, you know, to, to get a petition together, it just, it, it's infuriating. It's ridiculous. It's really I, funny, I think, that the, the backlash is so strong. And I agree with you. A lot of people wanted to see this super soldier basically wipe out everything, you know, with the snap of his fingers to, to decimate and, and live up to the 30 years of legend that we, that we had all been a part of. Like, oh, Luke can save everything. The reality is he's like an aging athlete. He'll never be as good of his, as his glory days. And he has to face up to the frailty that, that's before him. So everybody wants this big superhero and to have this overpowered dominance to destroy this big greater evil. And, what, and when that doesn't happen, they leave the theater and they try to take control and power for themselves. It's like they're missing the whole point here of, of Star Wars about the evilness and like forming together and like starting hatred and, and spreading it all instead of understanding and finding everybody's place and in the place yeah. of this film within our culture. They've like completely like erased everything that they've ever learned, not only through this film and the previous one, but the originals as well. Definitely some great points indeed. Guys, before we head on out, I want to make sure that you both get in some time to plug exactly what's going on in your world. Rob with robmccallumfilms.com and Jay, we'll start off with you with your great organization, Star Wars Echo 3. Uh, yeah, my charity group is called Star Wars Echo 3. We pretty much show up and do events and raise money for anyone that's in need. We're big with the Children's Health Foundation and also with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So you can follow us on Facebook at Star Wars Echo 3. Send us a message if you're interested in joining the crew or if you need us to attend any of your events. We're total nonprofit, so we will show up and just make people's days a bit brighter. And Rob, what you got going on with all the great things that are happening at Rob McCallum Films? Oh, there's always something going on. Of course, we're gearing up for the release of the Kitty documentary and Power of Grayskull in the not-too-distant future. I hope, hopefully, we'll have some dates to share in 2018. But, you know, you keep mentioning this Nintendo Quest movie that, that Jay and I are, are on, and frankly, Gerald, it's, it's getting old hat to keep talking about that film over and over and over again. Well, you keep it's, telling me it pops up all over the world, my friend. It, it would certainly be nice to talk about a new film with Jay and I. It would be really interesting to mention something Star Wars related with a new film with Jay and I. Well, since we are here, and I know you two are always thick as thieves, as the saying goes, what do you have planned? What do you have mind? What do you have going on with you guys both in something new within the Star Wars realm? Well, we've, we've got something up our sleeves. We're closer uh, than ever before to announcing something. It does involve Jay and myself. It does involve Star Wars. There will likely be a, a big campaign push, uh, probably a Kickstarter presence. And it's, it's going to take it up a notch in ways that Nintendo Quest could never do. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say more at this point until some of the pieces align. But get ready for it. Well, I know I'm going to get ready for it because uh, going on the ride with you guys with Nintendo Quest was certainly one of the greatest experiences that I've had. 
And I'll tell you what, anybody out there that wants to go ahead and find out more of what's going on with this upcoming project, they just have to stay tuned to Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, Rob McZob on Twitter, and also robmccallumfilms.com. Guys, it's been great having you on, sharing your thoughts on The Last Jedi. Hopefully you guys won't be signing any petitions anytime soon. But I truly appreciate you guys taking the time out to talk to me and also as well everybody out there about The Last Jedi right here in the Cosmic Crossfire. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. It's just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the program. This is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And I'll tell you what, oh, I'm getting hungry again because guess who's back? It is our good friend from all the way down in the great, great country of Australia. He is the man, the myth, the legend. When it comes to barbecuing and great holiday cooking ideas, it is Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast and SmokingHotConfessions.com. How are you today? Mate, I'm absolutely fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. We definitely... Truly appreciate you coming on to the show today. Ben, I want to ask for holiday cooking. You know, it is that time. It's getting to be uh, late in the year. Christmas is around the corner. And everybody is searching for some great cooking ideas for the holidays. I know that you definitely have some in mind. You obviously gave us a great tip when it came to making that Thanksgiving mince, which, oh my gosh, that even still sounds good right now. But do you have any more great cooking ideas for this holiday season? You can do this just in a simple little Weber and uh, go and grab that for Christmas. Grab yourself a, um, a leg of ham um, and smoke it yourself. So you want to get one that hasn't been smoked yet. And you want to take that home, you want to set that up in your Weber, set your Weber up for indirect low and slow smoking. So the way I do it is I put one charcoal basket right over to one side, like hard up one edge, up again, one edge of the uh, of the barbecue, little chunks of wood in there. Now, when we're doing pork, I love to do it with apple. I find apple wood just matches with pork just beautifully. And I'll actually make up a um, an orange glaze. And uh, I will um, not only toothpick orange slices all over the outside of the ham so that as the heat smokes the ham the juices kind of leach out of the slices over the ham i'm, I'm then basting with this orange based glaze so you end up with this the combination of the orange color from the orange and the brown from the smoke sort of creates a ruby red color and you get this just beautiful thick sticky glaze on the outside of this ham it's a deep red color you slice into it, it's freshly smoked ham you know and because it's ham when you're done just put it back in the fridge just put a cloth bag to put in the fridge get a proper ham bag and that thing will last for weeks in the fridge that's uh, one mistake that a lot of people make is that they'll wrap it in say glad wrap and the ham sweat and that's when it turns bad but if you get a proper ham bag it's it's made out of material that smoked ham will last you for weeks and it is just beautiful oh that's definitely very very scrumptious indeed i am my mouth is just watering as we speak 
Once again, it's Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast and also smokinghotconfessions.com. You got to check out his site. You got to check out his podcast because I'll tell you what, if you aren't hungry now, you listen to it for a few minutes, you'll be hungry then, I can assure you. Because I've, when I've listened to it, I really just pick up some great ideas and also some great conversation that he has with people that love cooking and love barbecuing just like him and also some great tips as well. But I want to ask you, Ben, before we go, a couple things. First off, if you have any tips for anyone out there for this holiday season on great cooking ideas, what advice would you give to those trying to make a better holiday meal? Two basic rules for um, you know trying to elevate your barbecue. And the, the first one is obviously, you know, buy the best meat that you can afford. We're all looking to, you know, save money here and there. But, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, then, you know, you do need to uh, invest in that quality piece of meat to start with. The second thing that I'd like to recommend is if you're cooking on a charcoal-based barbecue, a Weber or a Pro-Q or a Fonetto, something similar to that, and get some lump charcoal from the briquettes, the little black pillows, you'll find that the flavor difference is just so much better. And because it's lump charcoal, there's a lot less processing involved in the actual fuel itself. Charcoal, it burns hotter. And because it burns hotter, you don't have to burn as much of it to get to that temperature. So it actually ends up a bit more cost effective. The food ends up tasting a whole lot better. It tastes a lot more natural because there's been less processing involved in developing the, the fuels. And um, as part of season two of my podcast, I did a, an interview with Abel from Clean Heat Charcoal, a man from South Africa who's got this amazing charcoal facility. We break down sort of what goes into those briquettes and how they're made. And unless you're specifically buying an eco-friendly brand like Clean Heat, don't know what's going into those briquettes and therefore what's going on to your food. Get the best meat that you can afford and get some lump charcoal instead of the, uh, instead of the briquettes and give that a try. Oh, that's some great advice indeed. One last thing before I let you go, my friend, because it's always great to have you on the show. But I've said some great things about Smoking Hot Confessions podcast, but I want to hear it straight from the man himself. What is so awesome about Smoking Hot Confessions, the podcast, and also SmokingHotConfessions.com? Well, mate, thanks for giving me the, uh, the opportunity to talk about this so much. What makes my podcast different from the others is that I'm, I'm a teacher by day. So I, I logically communicate things very well. I explain things very well. I phrase things in a way that the bulk of people that are in the audience are going to be able to understand. And I also like to structure both my episodes and the overarching series so that when you put them all together, it, it creates a real comprehensive sort of syllabus on, on barbecue. So for season one, if you're thinking about moving into competition barbecue, episode number one starts with competition bodies and understanding rules and all that sort of thing and then we move into butchers pit builders all this sort of thing and by the end of the 10th episode we've covered 10 different topics that are essential to people wanting to get into competition barbecue season 1.5 i hit the uh, the australian barbecue festival circuit and i recorded live on the spot interviews with uh, competitors promoters sponsors vendors and i captured the atmosphere of the festivals and shared them with the audiences. So that was episodes uh, 11 through 18. And what was really exciting was in episode 18, I was actually competing and recording at the same time. So I was really flat out busy. We still managed to pull out a first place in chicken and a third place overall at this competition. So as a result of that, 
we got a entry ticket and we got an invitation to come compete in Houston in Texas in February and uh, trying our luck against 249 other pro Texan barbecue teams. So that is going to be awesome. Well, we definitely wish you the best of luck when you head on over to the competition here in the United States. After hearing everything that you've told me over the past couple of months when we've talked, I definitely will uh, have have my money and also my taste buds definitely on, on banking on you and your great cooking indeed. Once again, it's Ben Arnaud from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Got to check it out today. Smokinghotconfessions.com. Also as well, Apple Podcasts, Overcast.fm, Player.fm. YouTube, Libsyn, and iHeartRadio now. So we want to congratulate you, Ben, on getting that as well. So check his great podcast out today. And Ben, it's been so great having you on the show. We just truly hope you and your family have the happiest of holidays. Thank you very much, mate, for having me on again. It's always great to come and, uh, and, and chat with you. I love your show. I love what you do. And I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really proud that you're that you want me to be a part of it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I look forward to this spring getting that barbecue going and getting some more great tips from you when we have you come back on the show, if you'd like, and being part, again, of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And you heard the whistle, so it must be that time again. Time again for all you fantasy football and, of course, all you great football fans out there to get your fill each and every week as we preview each week in the NFL. And, my gosh, we are close to the end of the season. It is week 16 in the NFL. And who better to break it down plus some thoughts on The Last Jedi because we're having a Last Jedi spoiler cast. He's here. He's watched the movie, and he's also going to preview Week 16 in the NFL. It's my good friend from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. It's Tyler Baker. What's going on, my friend? Hey, man. Good to see you again. I hope everything is well. Hope you're ready for Christmas. No, but I'm going to go through <laughs> with it anyways. Christmas doesn't stop for anyone, least me. So I'll tell you what. I still wish you and everybody out there happy holidays, my friend, especially your entire crew at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast yeah. and everyone out there who listens to the show here as well. Great weekend coming up in the, in the NFL. No, we got to cut it short because you got to spill your guts out on The Last Jedi. So <laughs> what games are you pointing towards for fantasy football fans this weekend in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you, there are a couple of teams that 
they have to win this week. And uh, that always puts a little bit of extra mustard on the game. One of those games is Seattle and Dallas. Uh, Seattle goes to Dallas and both of them have to win to get into the playoffs. Even if they win this game, they're not guaranteed a spot because there's a three-way monster in the NFC South. But that Dallas-Seattle game is definitely going to be one to watch. That'll be on Christmas Eve. And of course, uh, Atlanta is going to go to New Orleans. Now, the Saints and the Panthers are both have 10 wins and Atlanta, they have nine wins. So even still, conceivably, three teams from the NFC South could get into the playoffs, but they all have to play each other in the next two weeks. So there are a couple of really good games this weekend. Tennessee is still fighting for a spot. They host the Rams. A couple of these teams, they've already got their places set. They don't have to do a whole lot. And at this point in the season, if you're playing fantasy football, you want to be careful. Maybe those studs that got you to where you are, maybe they're not going to get as many touches in this game because there's really nothing on the line. So if you have any questions about your team, of course, go to Facebook, go to the search bar, type in fantasy football, Pater podcast. And if you have any questions, this is it. Most fantasy leagues don't play in week 17. So this is probably your championship weekend. And I've even seen a couple of uh, videos out there on Facebook of those poor souls that lost and like came in last in their league and they had to like stand on the street corner with a sign that says I'm terrible at fantasy football or whatever. Hey, sorry to those guys out there. Those guys don't listen to my podcast. I know. And definitely that will not be me in the future going forward, but something also to look forward to indeed i've been on pins and needles i've been wanting to hear this man's thoughts because josh peterson rob mccallum jane bartlett and myself we've shared our thoughts on the last jedi but it wouldn't be a full last jedi spoiler cast without hearing your thoughts on star wars the last jedi well i can't wait to listen to this episode because i want to hear everyone's opinion I was kind of back and forth with it. It's Star Wars. I go in and in, in the in the credits roll, and you know you're just back into it. So I was super excited to watch it. I loved it, but as the movie was progressing, there were some things about it that I just didn't. They just didn't touch base with me really. I thought Ray and how she, I thought it just came to her too quickly, even in, in um, the force awakens. It's like all of a sudden you're a Jedi. And then she goes to the training and it's like, there's really no training. She kind of has that, what Skywalker had with like the Vader moment in the, in the cave. She kind of has that, but there wasn't like that training there. You know, it's almost like it just came too easy to her. And then at the end of the movie, you get the little kid that's getting ready to sweep and he reaches out his hand and the broom goes in his hand. I'm like, well, everybody's got the force now. Like, oh, come on, man. You know, it, it just, for me, it seemed to cheapen it. I don't know if that's the right word, but it seemed like that the force was just coming too easy to some people. It's just not what I was used to seeing in some of the other Star Wars movies. So that I kind of didn't like, but it was another great Star Wars movie. But there seemed to be like, who's the Snook guy? And it seemed like in Supreme Leader Snook. Yeah. Yeah. Like in The Force Awakens, you know, it's this great mystery. And, you know, who is this guy? And then in this movie, he's just kind of there. And then he's just kind of chopped in half. 
And it, there was a lot of, wait a second, who was that guy? How did he get the dent in his head? Like, you know, there was just some things in it that it seemed like that there was not the continuity that I'd expected some of the questions uh, to be answered in the second movie. And then there was the whole, uh, you know, casino uh, excursion that they made that, you know, was just kind of okay. But I also thought, you know, like the pod racing went on for like 20 minutes too long and, you know, the earlier one. So the Star Wars tends to kind of do these things that just take a little bit too much time to develop, but it's Star Wars and you get into it anyway. That was definitely one of those moments. I enjoyed it. I did. I'll definitely get the DVD. I'm looking forward to the next one. But I don't know if I'm in a minority here, but I thought Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie that's been made in a very long time. Rogue One has touched base with a lot of people. I've, you're not definitely the, in the minority. There's a lot of people. Okay. Obviously, a billion dollars that it earned at the yeah. box office for a separate standing Star Wars movie that's not considered the direct canon. It, it's mm -hmm. kind of like a buffer between episodes three and four in that sense but yes it definitely there are a lot of people out there that do like star wars rogue one and, and do have it rated very highly i definitely uh, uh, appreciate the fact that you think so highly of it and i definitely like the fact that you know you think so highly of despite its flaws and a lot of those same flaws that i have issue with as well which is part of the reason why I couldn't give it an even higher grade than I was going to hope to, uh, but I couldn't because the middle part with the casino and all that was just really flawed and really unnecessary to the yeah. overall movie itself that allowed me to just give it a good rating and not into that great rating, especially mm -hmm. after the fact that I think the movie ended on such a high note and it gives me more impetus to actually see in episode nine if you have thoughts out there on The Last Jedi, as I've said throughout the program, you want to just go ahead and send your thoughts in to us right here at PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or just send us a message, Facebook, Twitter, PopCultureCosmos, GameSource, Humanican Media, Rob McCallum Films, or even the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. <laughs> you send us a message through oh, yeah. there, we'll actually read it on the air here as well. So, Tyler... It's going to be a great weekend in the NFL. We truly yes. appreciate you breaking down those key games for us and also sharing your thoughts on The Last Jedi as well. Just truly appreciate you having saying exactly what your thoughts are on this latest hit movie. You know what? I did enjoy it, but what I'm finding is I'm finding myself less and less endeared to the characters that I was endeared to as a child. So for a longtime fan that as a very young boy was watching these, it's just a little difficult for me to jumpstart my excitement about these characters. And so for that, it's just a little weird for me to see these newer characters. And it seems like they're trying to jumpstart these characters to make them the center of these movies. And for me, it's, it's just kind of hard to take that next step. Not to say that I don't like the new characters. It's just a little bit weird watching a movie that I loved, a continuation of a movie that I loved so long ago, where it seems like so much has changed with these characters, not just in their appearance, but and how they are able to contribute to the action side of the movie. Well, we do appreciate your thoughts on it. And definitely, uh, you're not the only one who feels like that. There's definitely a long list of people that are, have 
taken those same issues and obviously coming to grips with that as well. Tyler, it's been great having you on yes, again. Sir. Have a great Christmas, man. I hope I hope you and the family uh, uh, get some time together and, and, and enjoy each other. Definitely. I hope you guys as well and everybody at the Fantasy Football Pedro podcast and everybody listening to us, we hope you have a tremendous holiday season as well. Thanks so much, Tyler, again, for being part of the PCC Multiverse. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And just to thank everybody that's out there that's listening in on us, that tunes in each week whether they're on Apple Podcasts, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gunna Geek Network, Podchaser, or any one of our over a dozen different podcast networks. We thank you so much for doing so, and we wish you the happiest and safest of holidays. We will be here next week, both Monday and Friday, with brand new episodes talking about all the great stuff that went on in 2017 with a best of TV, movies, and and a lot more pop culture categories. So you definitely want to check out both our Monday and Friday shows. So Josh, you got a great thing going on with your awesome media corporation, I should call it. So what's going on with all the wonderful things at Humanica Media? Tonight, you'll be able to hear a new episode of Topic Ocalypse, which, which features a Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll have a new Inside Sports going up, and then on tomorrow, you'll be able to hear a special Christmas-themed What About This? And then we'll be shutting down until probably after Christmas, so we won't have any new content up. You got a few podcasts to look forward to, and then you can keep following us on Facebook, send us emails. Um, and same thing with po- uh, Pop Culture Cosmos. We, we love emails here, so we would love to talk to you on the show, answer any questions you have, or even just interact with you guys. And yes, you know, it's a great chance this next week to get to touch base on all the great back episodes from Humanica Media, whether it be What About This, also as well, the Super BS Gamescast, Topicocalypse, Inside Sports, and so much more. So you get a chance to catch up on those episodes while you're checking out the new episodes from the Pop Culture Cosmos next week. And we truly appreciate you checking out all of our programs this past year and, and so much more. We, we cannot thank you enough for doing so. So Josh, The Last Jedi, it, tell you what, it, it's the movie that's probably not going to die or go away anytime soon as far as the controversy going forward. Your thoughts on an episode nine, what tale is there left to tell? And could there have been too much in the way of closure for a lot of story arcs in the Last Jedi. That's the question, isn't it? That's the one everyone's coming out of the theater, and all the the bloggers are yelling at each other over. And that's another thing people were accusing me of of thinking that I, that, you know, there's nothing left. But I, I think there's plenty left. There's a lot of story to flesh out. You still have, you know, obviously Kylo Ren is on full dark side, and you have that whole thing with Ren. They're going to have some kind of confrontation. Who lives and who dies? Uh, it's you know, there's no like big reveal, uh, but we could see them backtracking on that decision to make Ray's parents nobodies because I think that took a lot of intrigue out of the story. 
he swears it's the truth. Ryan Johnson has gone on record in interviews saying it's the truth that that is Ray's parents. I'm not still 100% sold on myself. Yeah, yeah, and it'd just be another one of those things they set up in episode seven that they kind of just you know took a dump on. But hey, that's neither here nor there. I hope that they get a lot of the characters that, that have been slightly ignored uh, in this past movie get get some kind of resolution, get some kind of uh, big story that will put a lot at stake for them. Finn, for example, uh, Chewbacca is someone I'd like to see have their due. Also, the droids, like if you know C three PO and R two D two were huge parts of the last like six star wars movies and this is you know granted that these new movies you know they're closing up old chapters or whatever but like i would like to see them have some kind of some kind of something in there because they really haven't done much in episodes seven and eight because they've been leaving it to bb8 yeah they haven't and the the very few scenes that they do have like the scene with luke and r2d2 was not as emotional as one would expect and then c3po is kind of just uh you know, he's he's just there. He's he's like in the X-Men, how they have all those side characters and they, you know, they say a few lines of dialogue and don't really do much. So I'm hoping to see something with that. But there needs to be something big to happen because like, you know, like I mentioned last night, both the Resistance and the First Order are in absolute tatters. And at this point, it seems like they're a couple of trailer parks just fighting each other while the rest of the world just kind of sits back and looks at how petty they are. So... There, there needs to be something big. Maybe like I, I would love to see something that affects the entire universe and has the First Order and the Resistance come together in some way. But that's my inner writer thinking deep into storylines here. But you know, I ask you this though: Where do you think the story could go? Where would you like it to go as a fan of Star Wars? Well, I'll actually parlay it into something like this. Uh, you know, I mentioned in Topic Apocalypse, I had a little bit of a reservation with the ending and resolving of Carrie Fisher's status, because, you know, as unfortunate as it is, she did pass away after the filming had completed with The Last Jedi. But they did have an opportunity for her character to go out on a what on what I thought was a truly meaningful moment within the Star Wars realm. So I, I think that's something that they're going to have to answer as well. How are they going to have something, first of all, very graceful in the way they, they have her exit the series? Also as well, will it be meaningful and important to the overall story arc as far as the Star Wars saga is concerned? Could it be anywhere near what as impactful as what happened when she was blown out in space along with Admiral Akbar and several others? by the TIE fighters that were surrounding Kylo Ren. And, uh, you know, yes, she used the force to control herself to get back into the spaceship from being outer, in outer space, which would have, you know, which killed everybody else. But she managed to survive it because of her force powers. That was a nice touching moment. But seeing what happened in real life after it, they might have been better suited by having her character finish that story arc there, being able to shoot around it and create different storylines that maybe would have set in motion a lot more good things for episode nine. Like for instance, Holdo would have lived. Admiral Akbar could have done the suicide mission, which you preferred things like that. But I do want to say that Ryan Johnson and Star uh, the Lucasfilm did a great thing by having Carrie Fisher's daughter become a character that's now could have a future within the star Wars realm because her character is one of those last few remaining rebels 
in the movie is Lieutenant Connix. Uh, she is actually uh, was seen and, and got several lines of dialogue. So definitely uh, was glad to see that and, and glad that they treated her character and for her mom with respect. And I think that there could be a future for her character going forward in the film. But I think for the overall story arc, I think it's going to have to lead to Ray versus Kylo Ren. But I think knowing that J.J. Abrams is sitting behind the chair in this episode nine coming up, I think he's going to play it again close to the vest, very safe. And it will be a standard Ray versus Kylo Ren with Ray coming out on top and ultimately saving the Star Wars galaxy and then focusing on a Ryan Johnson created universe coming up maybe in two, three, four years down the line after that. You know, honestly, I would like to just see them wrap this up with episode nine. Like as far as these characters go, whatever Rian Johnson does next, I would like it to be separate from this. I'm kind of tired of the whole uh, Jedi, uh, Sith, Empire resistance. I'm kind of tired of that arc. I would like to see something new play out, something on a bigger scale. Give us something fresh, something from the beginning that doesn't even feed off of the last trilogy of movies. So we want to thank everybody for joining us. Rob McCallum, Jay Bartlett. Tyler Baker, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Appreciate all your great cooking tips this whole entire year and especially this episode as well. And Merry Christmas. Oh, well, that's next. That's the next episode, man. Sorry, too early, man. Shush, shush, shush. Not yet. Not yet. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great day this has been a broadcast of the eso network your station for all things geek classic current and beyond be part of the crew at esonetwork.com tangent bound network let your voice be heard tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, welcome back to the only podcast on the internet. We've been busy researching life and what it means, and guess what? We no clue. I still have not fa- found out the answers because all we do is look at memes all day. What are memes, you ask? We don't know. But anyways. They are the gold of the internet. Yes, yes, they are. I don't even know how you treasures, make them, Internet treasures. Um, welcome oh. back to another episode of Topic Topicocalypse, where four, sometimes more individuals sit around a table talking about oh, things they may so or may confused. not know anything about. <laughs> If you like that, you can catch the entire show on Patreon.com. How soon, Brian Kane? As soon as Josh wants to record it and put it up. Well, we're, we're, we're recording now. So as it's soon as Josh wants to put it up. As soon as I feel like putting it up. That's right. For only a dollar or several a month, if you're feeling generous. We don't currently actually have any people giving us money, so we'd greatly appreciate it. Get on that. it, people. You can listen to it.
and Patreon with its, you know, is now so popular after their oh, uh, dude. Yeah, did you guys hear about that? No, no. They're taking more, right, Gerald? They're taking more percentage from people from the that's people correct. That, from so the if patrons. you're if you're on the lower tier as far as uh, contributing whatnot, now it's less enticing for you to do so because more money is now being charged. Uh, so for individuals charging a dollar, I think two dollars, five dollars, whatnot. Their, their Patreon is going to take more money out of it or away from the actual people who are trying to benefit from it. So it almost makes it, uh, I don't want to say it makes it relevant because every dollar counts to anybody who contributes to to the Patreon cause. So, but it just, you know, the company Patreon itself is going to take more money away from either the contributors or those who benefit from it. It's, it's the patrons. Last I saw was, so like if you donate a dollar, it's going to cost you, the patron, a dollar... 38 just to get the dollar there. Just Wait, to get, and, so, and then the and then the Patreon the people that are actually putting the shows or whatever out there get 95% of that. So originally I guess it was 95 it was it would range it was a weird range depending on how much you, you got and how many and the transaction fees and stuff like that. So now it's the the patrons, the consumer if you will, actually get to uh, take the hit instead. So support, the, so support Topicocalypse today on GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, but even uh, sites like Podbean now, you can do, they host video podcasts and you can actually charge people to watch them. So it basically operates the same way that Patreon did, but they don't take any money besides your monthly fees. We're going to have to go on Twitch. For now. You should go on Twitch. For now. Yeah. I mean, you see what happened to SoundCloud. And, and yeah, and especially we'll see where net neutrality goes because that could be a whole other bag of cats too. Yeah. Um, poor cats. All right. So, Hey guys, uh, we are going to be talking about, I, so I was watching, I've been trying to catch up on star Wars because the new star Wars is coming out and wait, what? I, There's a new one coming out. I would have never known what Disney bought star Wars. Um, anyways, they had a, I don't Cause I don't remember a lot of them. Cause I remember the, the prequel trilogy left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. So I didn't like, I watched it once and I didn't really watch it after that. So I've been going back and watching them again and episode one, Sure, whatever. It's working. Episode two was the most bearable of the three, I think. I don't know. Where do you what? guys stand on that? Episode two was the most bearable? Out of the first it, three, out of one, two, and three. Oh, out, no, out I thought of, the first one was way more bearable because it didn't have Hayden Christian whining the whole movie. No, but, but you get but past the, the whining and there are some, no. some cool action sequences. Okay, yeah, yeah, when the clones come down for the first time, that's pretty cool. I feel like the second one, I would agree with you, Josh, because it moves the story the most forward. Right. Of those original, the prequel trilogy three. Because I think, I think because the second one deals more with the investigative format. And as from that sense, uh, it, it actually plays off a lot better and actually is the movie of the three prequels that will actually endear itself the longest. That's why people love that one more. Well, I don't say love, but like that one more of the three prequels, which are pretty much in comparison, not even close to what the other three movies are as far as in the hearts of Star Wars fans. Uh, Gerald, do you feel, does that, is that your sentiment as well? Do you agree with what you just said, or do you like one of those three more than the others? Uh, Attack, Attack of the Clones, I think, is if you've got to sit me down and watch a prequel, because I'm really not in love with the prequels either, I would say Attack of the Clones actually is far and away the best of the three. And that's not saying a whole lot, because even Attack of the Clones is... Yeah, I can't put Attack of Clones next to four, five, and six. No, but right. but like I think the first episode one was big for me because I grew up watching the original three and at home and stuff. But episode one was the first time I got to see a Star Wars movie on the big screen. Right. It was cool yeah. because it was fresh it and was, it was new yeah. to us. Yep. 
I saw that six times, four of those yeah. times with my grandpa. <laughs> yes, so yes like, I, saw, I spent wow. a lot of time with the movies yeah. of my grandparents watching Yeah, so them. I think there's a, there's, I think Justin for you, there's like an emotional value attached to it because oh, you're bringing back sure. to that moment, but looking at just what's on the screen regardless of Every time of I see a new trailer emotion. for any of the Star Wars movies, like for whether it was Force Awakens or the, the, new, the newest one, the last, uh, Jedi. The last Jedi, uh, it, 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 it takes me back, it, you know. Well, anytime you're sitting in a theater and you see that the scroll go up the screen, like dun, I think it's mostly. Da-da-dun. I think what does it for me is the the soundtrack. Yeah, it gives mm-hmm. it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. The most underrated part of the entire Star Wars franchise yeah. is John it's, it's Williams. John Williams the soundtrack. Yes, he was sorely missed in Rogue One. Well, that's uh, Michael Giacchino who did the Incredibles and did Up and stuff like that. And so he's Disney's kind of well, next it was, it was big a, guy. It was a great it's soundtrack, a but soundtrack. it wasn't. It wasn't John Williams. It's not Star Wars. memorable. John Williams did Indiana Jones, E.T., yeah. Back to the Future, like all of these great hits that we know. John Williams is the reason, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons why we can associate Star Wars. Yeah, like that yeah, Star yeah. Wars instant. That's actually like my favorite part of going to Disneyland is sitting in Star Tours. Yes, and yes. Music like yeah, it just yeah. it gives well me... that and feeling like you're in it. Yeah, that used to blow my mind as a kid. Gerald, so you're from Las Vegas up there where the uh, with lots of gambling and deserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you I've feel? I've been here since '95. I was formerly from. <laughs> you're formerly like, I from. Am not, I'm I am so not native. All right, so how? <laughs> How do you feel about Star Tours? Like, when was the last time that you came down here to check out the old Star Wars land? It was actually in 2017. So I came here. And, and every time, every time we go to Disneyland, because we go to Disneyland pretty much either every year or every other year. Okay, uh, we actually have to go through Star Tours. It's just a must, even though it's, it's been the same thing for now for quite some time. It's still a, a tremendous ride because, like you said, you get that thrill, you get that rush of the Star Wars feeling. And for me, that's gone back all the way back. And since I'm an older viewer and whatnot, it goes for me back to the first time I saw an actual Star Wars in the theaters back in 1980 at the uh, the original, the opening day for um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So for me, it, it truly still means something special for, you know, to watch a, and experience Star Wars. And now it's great because I can experience with my own children who are uh, nine and twelve, which are really makes it uh, worth. It's like it's like a renewed experience with it's, that I can watch it with. Them. Right. Well, how do you how do you feel about them going from it's the same one every time? So now you get like multiples now. Isn't there and like they, four they, or they, five different ones? Well, there's a bunch now. I think there's like ten, oh, and wow. they, they keep That's adding more, more and from, more. From what I understand, they were trying to make the lines move faster, so they didn't have to keep reloading the video every time people were getting onto the. Oh, oh, is that what it was? Right? So exactly. So it comes loop. in from both sides. You're you're sent out to uh, like two sides of it now. And like I think ten lanes total for it. Uh, the one in Orlando as well. You know they just you know they they try and like you said they're trying to do the best they can to shuttle those people in and out. Even though there's still considerable, even with a fast pass, it's still a considerable amount of weight. Yeah. Do, do you guys? Uh, now we're, we're on, on this topic. topic so let's just uh, roll with, with it for a second. second. What do you, do you think there's going to be when Star Wars Land opens up in both uh, Anaheim and Florida? Do you think if they keep Star Tours in uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow land, do you think there's, there's going to be a disconnect, disconnect between, between that, that and, and Star Wars land? land? Do you think that it's going to feel weird to people? No, no. I think it'll just give no. them. A, I think they'd be smart to do it that way because you get people trekking across. Yeah, yeah, you encourage and, people to, to go to different places, and then they spend, spend more money, money on different types of food, different, different souvenirs, stuff like that. Pizza Kitchen. Personally, I think they'll probably close Star Tours. Really? You think so? 
or they'll move it in uh, and maybe uh, renew it in uh, the Star Wars land. They'll probably uh, make it something entirely, well, familiar, but different. They'll, they'll make an all new experience from it because like I said, I mean, I've, I am not a regular consumer. I go there a year, uh, maybe every other year, but every time I go, it's been pretty much the same experience now for pretty much most of this century. Yeah, I have a pass. I go pretty Holler. frequently. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, still the fun. lowest tier pass. It's still a great time. And uh, like I said, I really enjoyed it again because I went with my daughters for the first time But still this year. But still, at some point in time, Disney's going to say, okay, we've been doing this now. This We've had this attraction for so many years. At some point in time, maybe we'll do it, even though it, to me it would be great advertising for Star Wars Land, if you like this, go here. I have a feeling they're going to try and keep everything consistent in one area. Right, and separate the Tomorrowland rides, which are the rides of the future, from Star Wars. Because right now, that Star Tours is that merge of future, that, although it's a far, far away. Long that's time true. And if they yeah. buy Fox, they'll, they'll have to put it somewhere, right? All their yeah, stuff there. For, yeah, so... What a rod the old fox had on the distribution rights to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's their own fault. Despicable Me 3 ride there. So, no, no, I'm no, not. I'm like an X Men ride. That's Universal. Universal, yeah. Universal, yeah. But Gerald, I wanted to ask you so you talked about earlier the anticipation of the Star Wars ride, uh, of the Star Wars movie in the 80s when you went to go see that original. Do you feel as much buzz about the movies now as you do, or as you did in the 80s? Um, I actually feel. Uh, it's like I said, for me personally, I got that vibe back from my daughters. I was kind of, you know, I, I was still affectionate towards the series. I still liked it. The prequels kind of bummed me out and kind of uh, distanced me, distanced me from it uh, because of the way it was received and the way I saw it in the theaters, it was just there, kind of, kind of let me down as a series. But Disney and and Lucasfilm, they have done a great job of promoting. The Force Awakens back two years ago. They did a great job of creating that buzz, and it did create that excitement for me again, almost to the point where I was so excited for Return of the Jedi because I didn't have a clue really. I had seen Star Wars on TV before I saw Empire Strikes Back, but even as a 11 year old kid, I didn't know what's going on, didn't have any clue when I was shuttled off by my uh, sister's husband at the time, and we went uh, to the first showing got up at five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning to go see it. Big, long, mile long lines, everything you remember, you know, that you've seen on, on film from those old days where you see the mile long lines and whatnot. And we got there on the first showing and I still didn't have a clue at then until I actually went in and experienced it and saw the people screaming no, because of the, you know, the big spoiler that was released and, Mm -hmm. and people's cheering and, and crying on the, you know, experiencing it in theaters and it's just so funny because when you go today in 2015, 2016, 2017, you really don't get that kind of audience participation that you once did. But still, even with my girls there, they give me that renewed sense of, of energy as far as an excitement for the film. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing The Last Jedi very soon. Do you think that it that has anything, like people's excitement towards the film has anything to do with now it's it's become sort of like Marvel films. It's a cultural or a societal, uh, you know, you need to see this. Everyone's so so that you can fit into conversations. Everyone needs to watch this so you know what what we're all talking about, what all the hype is about. Do you think it has anything to do with that? I think it does, and I think it also the fact that home video has taken a lot of the excitement out of of events like this. Because, like I said, in 1980, we didn't have anything like that as far as 
really we didn't have VHS out. We didn't, you know, as far as DVDs, Blu-rays, anything like that, all this medium cable TV, broadcast TV, it really wasn't out there yeah, as much. Brands on rocks, right? That's what was going on back then. Pretty much, you know, strings and, and cans and there you go. But <laughs> it, it was so much different then. So you that was a much more of an experience. Now it's it's still very, very fun to go to the theaters, and I still see several movies a year, but when it comes to the Star Wars experience, it's not quite the same as when I was going back the way back when in the 80s. But I'll tell you what, it you know, when you have younger audiences seeing it with you for the first time and they're experiencing it, you see it through their eyes and it becomes that much, you know, almost that special again. Okay, so this is a good segue into the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, so I've been going through the Star Wars, like I mentioned earlier, and I, I get why it was cutting edge for its time, but at the same time, like, it... How do you guys think it holds up to today's like storytelling standards? Because I watch it and I'm like, and I think to myself, I'm like, this is good, this is cool. I see why people loved it back in the day, and I love it. But if there was a trilogy of movies that I was going to marathon, I would, I probably wouldn't pick Star Wars. What where do okay. you guys? What sci-fi genre that has come out lately can compete? There are none. Like there's, that's what I'm saying. Sci-fi. Just, you had you had all these flop after flop of these sci-fi's trying to capture the same thing as Star Wars, but they can't. It just depends on your your choice of genre. Yeah, no, but I'm speaking. But just speaking but in sci-fi, sci-fi, what was the last sci-fi you, movie you to rival? Like, you mean like the Alien versus Predator or kind well, like Freddy versus I mean. Jason? The other night I watched <laughs> Valerian and the City or yeah, the like, City of a Thousand of Planets or whatever. It was and it it was so beautiful. Yeah. What you, like okay? What did you think? I thought that it was a beautiful film, but it was very poorly written. Um, it was probably one of the best looking films outside of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I know you and I both loved. Uh, it was a very beautiful film, probably some of the best special effects I've seen this year outside of Blade Runner. Blade Runner, but yeah, once you get inside it and you try to deal with the story and you try to deal with the two main characters. That was just like dealing with cardboard, and it was unfortunate because it was try. They tried to just be a two hours of dry wit everywhere, and it just doesn't. It, it didn't hold the mustard, and it was a shame because if you got other actors in their place and maybe, like you said, better writing, it would have been so much better of an experience because the the movie itself was so beautiful to watch. Yeah, because it, 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 they they were trying to do I think what James Cameron was tr- is trying to do with Avatar, basically telling retelling the story of the genocide of the native americans and it's like while it was it was stunning to look at it just wasn't uh it was hard to keep me into the film you guys see it no what avatar valeria oh no valeria no, i didn't see valeria okay it was very um, hollow that's probably the best way i could say it yeah it's it very hollow but where where do you guys st- where, like brian where do you stand on as far as franchise if you were to sit down and marathon a franchise like where, how do you think star wars holds up in terms of storytelling compared to like say the Avengers or the Hobbit or and things well, like that. Well, here's my quick question, like, and I'm not being a smartass, but like, what would you consider like the Twilight movies or like the Harry Potter movies? Like, <laughs> well, what genre would you consider that? That's I think. Let, let's cast or aside even mocking, genres. Even mocking. Okay, okay, so you know, looking the, at basically like yeah, anything the, the, that's fantasy that's not based games. in yeah. the real world is right. what I'm okay. considering. Yeah. It's not based in the world we live in today. Fiction. Anything yeah. fiction. Okay, so if like Hunger it, Games. Yes, if we keep it in that genre. When I judge a movie and like a franchise in general, I'm looking at three things. I'm looking at the story. I'm looking at how it looks and how it sounds. The soundtrack okay. is so important to me, and True. that's where I think Star Wars 
is that best example because although it's a simple story, although you, you, you know can visually you can follow it. Visually, it's great, and sound, it's perfect. I don't think there's a franchise that does all three of those things as in a beautiful, neatly done bow as Star Wars does, especially in today's visual effects that they can have. In the 80s, I can understand. For that time period, those were great. Okay. And they're not three well, hours long. Well, I think, not, right. I think that the thing is a couple of years ago, they did a poll, and I think number one movie voted by the public was Empire Strikes Back, was the number one movie of all time, voted by today's public. Right. And I think there's a part of it, too, that it was the original kind of pi- not the original but one like the best yeah. version to that point right space of that, space movie of the space time. movie but any space fiction calls. story is the best depiction of that it was a story that everyone could follow but complicated enough to keep you interested visually impressive Great, from a, one of the greatest plot twists you've ever yeah, or you know yeah, you know by right, today's right. standards <laughs> a hor- you know, by game of thrones standards it's a horrible plot twist well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, besides that, I think Star Wars does kind of do it the best. And it does help that it's the original. It's the original kind of big multi-movie saga franchise deal. And yes, the prequel trilogy was garbage. Still had a great soundtrack. Story was yeah. full of holes, but visually looked pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah for the time. It yeah, looked, for yeah. the time it looked good. And that's the same thing in the 80s. And you look at, you know... The new ones. The new ones. Well, that's the, Man. that's the thing, is that the prequels... Yeah, I, I was excited for the prequels, but I think what got me so excited for The Force Awakens was that it was, felt more like the originals. There was more practical effects, not as much CGI, and it just felt like the real deal. It was a jumping-on point. It's like, so they were, they were yeah. coming at it. It was fresh. It was new. It, was, it had a, a great director they and shot a great writing team. Yeah. Not digital. It was on and film. It was because mm-hmm. I'd always been of the mind, oh, yeah, yeah, like, right. what would Star Wars look like if it were filmed today? Take out, like, George Lucas and the bad uh, CG and the annoying... Yeah, effects, yeah. Yeah, and what, if you could give put Star Wars in the hands of a capable filmmaker, what would it look like? And then J.J. Abrams made uh, The Force Awakens, and I was completely blown away by yep. it. Yes. I would say the only... Which in- is a recycle of Star Wars, and pretty yes. much, when you... <laughs> Right, okay, so that's my next point, but what were you going to say? I was going to say the only thing I can think of in my mind that would rival Star Wars as far as what's the best kind of, to allude to your question, Josh, kind of the best kind of saga that exists, uh, I would say Lord of the Rings is maybe the only thing I think that can compete with it. Stand with it, yeah. Yeah. Another great soundtrack, visually impressive, and a great story. Didn't it? But it's long. It's so long. (laughs) It's so long. John Williams did Harry Potter. John Williams did the first two Harry Potters, I believe, and then it was passed along. Okay, But he owns the copyright for the main theme. Okay. Which is what everybody associates with the movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I, like, if no, I... Was good. Good. That, was, that was... Yeah, guys, there's a saxophone player in here. What's yeah. <laughs> going on? Yeah. Brian Adams. Yeah. Um, I'm Canadian. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gerald, the, you said it. Star Wars, The Force Awakens is kind of a rehashing of, or a retelling of the original Star Wars trilogy. What do you think... How, how do, Where do you think it's going to go? Because, obviously, if it wants to stay fresh, it has to kind of re tell a story that we haven't heard before. And I know that Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I know that well Ryan Johnson, Rain John Ryan Johnson, Rain Johnson, whatever what's his Ryan, name? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Johnson R-A- is talking R I A N. Yeah. Yeah. And his new trilogy is going to focus on a completely different story, but what what do you think that story is going to be? Is uh 
my question because I don't want to see well, another like. Well, because uh, the original trilogy doesn't it didn't focus on character. Well, it had characters, but it didn't focus on character. Like I mean, kind of, but it just seems like the the newer movies are focusing on like internal character struggle and more emotion. Right. Well, it's a space opera. That's what well, yeah, George yeah. Lucas intended it to be. But it, it's more like the the big arc of the story is like an oppressive uh, entity in the galaxy. But what I would like to see is something that threatens all of humankind, not just the evil people, but something that like... That's, that's where Disney screwed up because they got rid of all that when they made the books non-canon. Yeah. Which, that's, yeah. How, that's, that's where they had it. So, yeah. Here's where I think we could still get a big twist because the first one... It's the same old story. It's kind of a retelling, but we can get the, the ultimate twist in this next one. Do you, and the but third do you think one that is they really that, that new story. You think story. they did that rehash because, like Josh said, it's a great jumping on point for people who have never seen Star Wars because it's a rehash of the original? I think so. Because to me, it feels. But you also got to remember the 1977 version, they, you know, George Lucas was hoping to make successive movies in the series, but he wasn't guaranteed at all. So he had to make an all confined one single movie as far as that you know that the original star wars had to have a pretty much a a beginning and an end when it comes to rian johnson he's given carte blanche as far as how he wants to do his trilogy so he can have something that plays out over a, a, a you know much broader episodic venture like 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 uh, the originals never had like cliffhangers no, no, because they wasn't, weren't sure exactly if they were going to be able yeah. to finish them out. Well, from what I understand, uh, the original draft of Star Wars, George Lucas actually wrote all three movies into one movie. There actually was a there, he actually wrote a different version of the second movie. He the the first one was its own movie, and then he didn't decide. He wrote a, a, the second movie, but then changed it all because in the second movie, it, actually in the in the whole original story, that Luke and Leia were never related. Okay, and then Luke actually ends up with Leia, but then they had to change everything around because when he rewrote for Empire Strikes Back, you can. I had it's read called it's called the that. Lost episode. You can like I know either it was either Marvel or Dark Horse released the original vision of George Lucas in comic book form, I, and you can read it right now. I don't remember who. I think it was published like two two or three years back. I don't know. But it had like the original, his original ideas were kind of... But I do know that there was a, there was a completely different script for the second movie than right, Empire Strikes Back. Right, right. So, I don't know, where, where... So with, I would say with Rian Johnson giving sort of like, he, you're saying he's got this unlimited ability to tell this episodic tale. Do you think that's going to lead to kind of Disney stepping in and saying, let's make as many movies as possible to make as much money as possible. And is that going to ruin the integrity that the original trilogy had because he had an end line, he had a finish line he had to hit. So with there being, not to say there's no finish line in sight, and I'm sure they've worked on it, but to say, oh, instead of three movies to tell the story, you have seven. Like, is just because we're going to put out a mass amount of content and Disney's going to want a movie every other year, every third year, do you think that's going to ruin and kind of compromise what made the original series so great? I don't, Gerald, what do, you, what do you think, man? Do you think it's going to cut? I've told you on our show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, that, that you, you know, I'm hoping that there'll be different universes where Rian Johnson you know, has something on a different end of the galaxy and maybe just sprinkle in some familiar faces from time to time. But I know you were voting for Jar Jar Banks, but we won't go there. <laughs> but um, also as well, I'm still hopeful that the Skywalker saga will not end just with episode nine and that, you know, maybe take some time to gestate and let 
Rian Johnson stuff go through for a little bit, but return to that with an episode 10 and an episode 11 at some point in time down the road, because I've invested so much of my life as far as with the Star Wars saga. I'd like to see that continue because it still gets on. Yeah, as you know, everybody's excited for The Last Jedi. Obviously, you and I talked about the box office numbers, what it's expected to hit. There's still a satiating market for the Skywalker saga to continue even past episode nine. Well, do you think that, that they're going to do a better, a good job of phasing out the original characters for the new faces and then kind of, <clears throat> yeah, kind of flashback to the original stuff instead of having like this, like the older actors in the newer movies that they're going to try to transition? Like, how well is that transition going to be to the new, like, like, you know, Ray and Finn and all these new people? I mean, yeah, you still have, Han, you, you had Han Solo and spoiler alert. And oh. uh, <laughs> wait, what? I haven't what? seen it yet. What happened? Boo. I, I just seen the movie. Yet. I, I've, as I've said to Josh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, head of Lucasfilm, had said that she wanted Ray and Finn uh, and Poe Dameron to extend the life of the Star Wars saga on their end for some years to come beyond episode nine. But then recently, Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray, says, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here after episode nine. So you've got that contradiction right there, which which makes it totally unclear the status of the Skywalker saga going I, forward. I heard her say that she that was taken out. She said that that was taken out of context. She wanted to just take a break and do other projects other than Star Wars. It, it's hard to know. Like these, They keep so many things under wraps when it comes to Star well, it's Wars. Like, and... It's like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford never signed. Harrison Ford was the only original cast member not to sign on for three films. Because he wasn't sure if he wanted to do he, all of them. I think he always That's why they froze him in Carbonite in the, in the second he, movie. He wanted to die in Empire Strikes Back, if yes. I remember correctly. But, um, so, Gerald, like, where, where do you think the story will go? Do you think that, because I know we talked about this before, if Walking Dead has proven anything, it's that people do get tired of pop culture, like, I- iconic pop culture phenomenons. So do you think that Star Wars is in any danger of this happening? Not at least now, unless they come out with a total turkey uh, as far as uh, episode nine is concerned. Because by all inferences, episode eight, the early buzz on it is that episode eight is a well-done movie. If episode eight had been anything less than episode seven, because episode seven is like, eh, it's a rehash of Star Wars. Not, you know, it's not great. It's great for people to get into, but for people who have been with the franchise for a long time, it's like, eh, I've seen better. Then you started going down. If it heads the way of the prequels, then you're then you're in trouble. But as long as it continues on a uh, the same level or goes even further, and it looks like the Last Jedi will do that, if even Episode Nine is close to that, I can see this. Like I said, the Skywalker saga should continue at some point in time down the road. Not necessarily two years after that, but at least it shouldn't be just cut off. And there you go. I feel like Star Wars fans are the most critical. Yeah. Of yeah. any. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's true. That's and probably that, why George Lucas didn't want to make anymore. That's Bro, why the they, Big Bang Theory. I mean, they. <laughs> well, that and four billion dollars. That's good. <laughs> they just they have no problem ripping things apart, saying it's garbage, and the general you know population will still go see it. But there's that that hardcore group of fans are so critical. Well, I think hardcore fans for any franchise they're never happy. They'll never be happy. And you can't cater to them. You can't cater to that small group of people. Because if you make the movie they want, it'd be horrible. Yeah, it'd be no, one, no, no one but them would go yeah, see it. It's a very niche uh, type thing. 
Well, let me who, let me ask you this: me. If you are hard, let's just think of you are a hardcore Star Trek fan, and you've been one from the very beginning. If you saw the original series, and you've seen how that gestated uh, as far as through syndication and became something worth worthwhile, and then you see Star Trek, a uh, Star Wars come along and totally trounce what Star Trek is doing, and now you've had to sit for the past thirty years and see Star Wars capitalize and. And Star Trek, even though it was rebooted and very nicely, still never reached, you know, come close to what Star Wars has done popularity-wise. A lot of hipsters are Star Trek fans. I had someone. I had someone describe it one time as that Star Wars is Top Gun versus Star Trek's uh, Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I was going to say Hot Shots. <laughs> I was thinking Hot Shots. Too. <laughs> uh, so. I know a lot of people who are strictly Star Trek only. I hate, you know, Star Wars, but that's like they're taking identity and what they enjoy. Right. That's a bigger yeah. problem with them. That's a topic for another day. But right. You know. Well, they both. And you're able. You should be able to enjoy both and understand yeah. that what you liked first maybe isn't the most popular thing, but that shouldn't take away how much you enjoy it. They both came out in a time when the the science fiction space genre was kind of skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all the shows on uh, Sci-Fi, Stargate, and uh, you know Star Trek, and there's a few others, I'm sure. Sharknado, Firefly, Sharknado, Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Firefly. There you go. Um, so that kind of segues into the last part of this uh, little segment here. Do you think that had Star Wars come out uh, today? Do you think that it would be as popular as it was back then? I could tell you no. Uh, I mean, th- this is something that's taken over forty years to well, yeah, a little over forty years to to become and grow into a pop culture icon. I mean, pop culture pretty much has been founded based off of of you know the the fandom that Star Wars has created. So. I don't see if if it came out today, it would be considered a great, you know, pretty good movie, but it would never reach the the lofty status that it is now. Yeah, because it basically was it was a jumping point for that. So it's like you wouldn't have anything to like. So based off this genre wouldn't be what it it is is without it. So no one would be into the sci-fi per se. In my opinion, if Star Trek came out first, or if anything after that, after Star Wars came out first, like I don't think that if if Star Wars never came, if Star Wars never came out, I don't, I still don't think Star Trek could have got the traction. No, that's and that's the thing is like if we if it wouldn't have come out when it did, we wouldn't be where we're at today with it. That's yeah, true. that's right. Because so, Paramount, Paramount wanted something alternative. That's why they rebooted the Star Trek uh, movies with that very horrible, long, very slow Star Trek <laughs> movie original. Was because that was trying to to offset Paramount, uh, trying to offset what 20th Century Fox did with with Star Wars. That's weird that J.J. Abrams did both of the uh, rebirths. <laughs> That just shows you that he's just a whore. Yeah. He's a whore for money. Does DC and Marvel? So there you go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, which you guys... one does he like the paycheck from more? Exactly. Which <laughs> one do you get paid off of the royalties better? Well, what's his name? Um, oh yeah, that guy. The guy that uh, the guy that wrote Ultimate Michael Bendis. Just he's been writing for Marvel for years now. He just went over to to DC. So it's. I guess it's just wherever you feel creatively needed. Is the only loyalty is to paychecks, you, you, you baby. You shouldn't pigeonhole yourself into one it's thing. It's all about the payola. Uh, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, cool, man. Well, Gerald, hey, p- pitch us the, uh, the old Pop Culture Cosmos show here. What's, what's going on? Show us how it's done. There you go. Well, two times a week, uh, my good friend Josh Peterson and I, we co-host a show called the Pop Culture, Pop Culture Cosmos Show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and over a dozen 
audio outlets. Uh, we've, you know, we've just been so fortunate. Uh, been nine months in a row, the number one show on the podcast radio network, and we just got nominated for a Discover Pods Awards. Okay. Oh, hey. 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 Thanks, Josh, for letting us know that. Yeah, you guys so, can vote now. Yeah, if you want to listen to the latest and greatest trends and news in pop culture twice a week on Mondays and Fridays, just give us a listen. We truly appreciate it. Uh, we got a lot of great guests that come aboard, a lot of great regular contributors. And like I said, Josh and I always sharing our opinions on various things in movies, television, video games, sci-fi, and so much more in pop culture each and every time. All right. Wow. Well, That's I got awesome. one. I got one last question though. What's up, Boo? What is what is which film has the best lightsaber duel? Ooh. And we'll see you next I, time. <laughs> you know, I, I as much as I do not like to say it, I would probably say it would would be uh, the number the first prequel, the one with um, where Darth, Darth Maul, McGregor, oh, Darth City, uh, you know, the Sith. And also as well with um, Qui Gon Jinn. That that was yep. a nice Liam that, Neeson. That I like that. That's, that one's probably to me my favorite. And the soundtrack for that, the Duel of the Fates. Yes. Music. Oh yes. 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 yes, yes. I get chills. That music, yes, that music was awesome. People call me crazy for saying this, but I think that episode three, the lightsaber fight between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin, it wasn't well scripted. But you're it, crazy. It was, you're crazy. It was fun. It was funny to watch. It just. It just maybe like <laughs> you were supposed you to bring balance to the force. <laughs> I don't mind the General Grievous battle either. I yeah, personally, I like the Return of the Jedi, Luke versus Darth Vader. Yeah, it well that's classic, but it it had the disadvantage. But you, ever to the, you ever listen to the soundtrack to that? Yeah, fight? no, yeah. for sure. But it had the disadvantage of being uh, technologically behind. It's technologically modern. limited, but think how great it is with that limited technology. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you read that, that, if you did, if you read, okay, look at Darth Vader in Rogue One. How awesome was that hallway scene? Can you imagine the Luke versus Darth Vader now with today's technology? That's true. I don't want to. I kind of want to keep that. You no, know, I do. I, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. But I'm saying that's how good it was. Yeah, right. I, I feel. You guys mentioned it best because Skywalker sound. I mean, that's how Skywalker sound was created because of all the great sound effects and the great sound design that they've they've contributed over the years, even from the 1977 film. And I think that that hits it right on the head with a Return of the Jedi. That scene, because of the sound of the lightsabers and whatnot, that creates that ambiance, and that's why people remember it so fondly. I was watching A New Hope today, and I was thinking to myself, I would love to know how they uh, composited and motion tracked the lightsaber duels back then. Yeah. Have you ever watched the unremastered versions? I have the unremastered VHS versions, and I think they're the best ones. Uh, but... It, it it is a drastic difference in visual quality. Yeah, I'll bet. But it, I just I prefer the un the un uh, remastered ones. A I, lot I, of people do. I think yeah. that some of the stuff in A New Hope was necessary, but uh, yeah, yeah, some the, of the stuff. But I, like the whole, why the hell does it matter if Han shot Greedo first? I don't care. <laughs> it matters to Han. It looked so much cooler <laughs> when he just killed that, him on the spot for no reason. That whole like, it was just so much better. Yeah, and they have that whole underground argument with Greedo, uh, not Greedo, but it Han was, shot first. Well, no, no, was it Boba Fett or the stormtroopers that killed Luke's aunt and uncle? Because the the stormtroopers don't have guns that can melt skin off bones. Mm. No, no, nowhere was it ever mentioned that it was Boba Fett. But people ever. people assume because in Fan Empire fiction. in Empire Strikes Back, when Darth Vader's talking to the bounty hunters, he says no disintegration, uh, no disintegration. Yeah, but that goes back to if you had read the books, that's his favorite form of of killing people is disintegration. That's yeah, why he that's says true. it. True. Where does blue milk come from? 
Blue cows. Blue cows. Blue cows, of man. Of course. Or that chick with the weird hair in the movies. Oh, are we talking? Oh, we're talking about a new hope. I thought you were just being stupid. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> I thought that And with be- that, I, thank yeah. you for joining yeah. us for yeah. the second. All right, Gerald, hey, thank you so much for hopping on this super fun. Yeah, man. It was great being here with you guys. I just truly appreciate it. And I hope everyone out there just enjoys Star Wars for what it is. And don't take it too seriously and just have fun. Just have fun. It's a movie. It. Yeah, Be entertained. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gerald, we're going to have you back on or recap Star Wars with us after we see it. So we'll uh, get back to you on this. But, guys, we're going to take a short break here. We will be right back. All right. Thank you. Brink here from Super BS. Talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.